Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast show. This is your host, Danny Hampton, coming to you with another lift of passion, hope, and inspiration. Boy, I hope that you're doing good because I'm doing good. Boy, do I have a word for you tonight. I'm going to talk about what I preached last Sunday at my friend's Nathan Church. Uh, I preached out of the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 1 through 6, about when Jesus was rejected uh, in his hometown of Nazareth. That's what we're going to talk about today. I hope that you're doing well. I want to let you know whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind, and God loves you with an everlasting love. I'm so excited to talk to you today about the goodness of God. I want to let you know that God loves you, that God is fighting for you, that God is doing all kinds of wonderful things for you. Even if you don't think that God is not doing it, God is at work. He's at work right now. Let me tell you something. I just left uh, YouTube. I did my Bible study, Tuesday night Bible study on the book of Becca. So if you get an opportunity, go to YouTube and watch the video, uh, Bible study Tuesday night about uh, the book of Becca. But today we're going to talk about what I talked about Sunday at church. Boy, it was a good time and a wonderful time and a powerful message that was uh, shared with the people of God. Let me tell you something. God is up to something great. And you know what I'm going to say. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. And God loves you. And I love you. I want to let you know that there's no problem that's too big for God. And we're going to be looking in the New Living Translation in the book of Mark. And we're going to be talking about when Jesus went home. Now, guess what? This is not the first time. This is the second time. Could you imagine wanting to go back home and just celebrate and visit the people that you grew up with that knew you, that you hope would have so much insight and be glad to see you? But guess what? These people were dealt with unbelief with Jesus Christ. They couldn't accept all the wonderful things that he had done. The first time he had went home, they tried to kill him. This time he went back, they still had unbelief and he could not do many miracles because they refused to believe that he could do what he said he could do. But I'm here to celebrate God with you today. I want to let you know whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. And you're not alone. Whatever that is ailing you, you can trust in Jesus Christ to bring it to pass that he will help you out. And so I'm so excited. But before we start, family, I, I, I like to I've been doing this. And I've been doing this, like I said, next month on the 18th. This podcast show will be one year old. Hey, we didn't come a long way. This family has grown. I'm talking about, and God is just doing wonderful things for us. He's blessing us. He's helping us. And he's answering prayers. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. I'm just so elated to talk about God today because he's my everything and my all. I don't have nothing but God. God is, he's the way maker. He's my strength. He's my support in a time of trouble. You know, I'm so excited to talk about how big this family started because last year it was just me alone. <laughs> Hallelujah. But thank glory to God that he had, he had in, increased this family tremendously. I would like to thank the home, my home state, Illinois. I live in the city of Chicago. I'd like to thank Texas, South Carolina, New York, Louisiana, Colorado, California, Alabama, Pennsylvania, Minnesota, Indiana, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Connecticut, Missouri, Maryland, Arkansas, Wisconsin, Virginia, Oklahoma, New Jersey, Michigan, Kansas, Iowa, and Arkansas. I'd like to thank the country of Spain. I'd like to thank the country of Russia. I'd like to thank Germany, Puerto Rico, Australia, Philippines, Iran, the United Kingdom, Ecuador, Canada, and Belgium. 
Thanks for being a part of the family. Let me tell you something. This is God's podcast. This is not about me. It's not about anybody but Jesus Christ. We're here to glorify him and magnify him. We're here to exalt him, to exalt his name. I thank you, Jesus Christ, for going to the cross. I thank you for saving my life. I thank you for being such an awesome and wonderful God. And Father, I just want to open up in prayer. Oh, precious Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. God, I ask you to bless your people. I ask you to be there for them, Father. I ask you to open doors that no man can shut, Father. I ask you that whatever the enemy is trying to do, that you would smoke it down, that you would slap it down, Father, that you would bless your people, Father. I know that people have been dealing with COVID and dealing with all these things, Father, but I know that you sit on the throne, God, and you love us, and whatever's on our heart and mind is on your heart and mind. God, just bless your people. God, I'm so in awe of you. I'm so in love with you. I don't know what I would do without you, Father. I just thank you, and I thank you, and I thank, and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Family, I hope that you're doing good. Let me tell you something. I told you, in my world, I got a lot of this, a lot of that, some of this, and some of that going on. But guess what? I'm giving it all to God. I ain't sitting here worried about it. I ain't going to beat myself up about it. I'm just going to believe in God. I'm going to believe that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly be all that I can actually think. And like I said, we'll be looking at Mark chapter 6, uh, verses 1 through 6. And I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. It says, Jesus left this part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth. Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogues. And many who had heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get this wisdom and power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter. Let me know. Let you know Jesus had a job. He had a nine to five. Let me tell you something. But they couldn't see him. They, they couldn't see him. Guess what? Because Jesus had been all around. Everywhere he went, people were celebrating him talking about all the great things that he had done. These people knew that he had to be the Messiah. Let me tell you something. So you'll know. And, and, and of course, you did, if you didn't know, that the things that Jesus was done, what the priests of that day should have been doing, they should have been yelling out to the people, telling the people that the Messiah has arrived, that the Messiah is here, because the only way that the blind can see, the deaf can hear, the dead be raised, the only way that it can happen is only can happen by the power of God. God and God alone. So Jesus Christ, the one that was spoken of in the scriptures had arrived and he went back to his hometown to show love the second time. But guess what? They didn't want to receive. And just, could you imagine the first time they tried to kill him? Why would he want to go back? Because guess what? That was his hometown. I said, God don't have no faith, but that was his home roots. That's where he grew up. That's all the people that he knew. He just knew that they would be like, hey, we glad that you're the Messiah. We knew that God has something for you. We believe in you, but guess what? Them people were so full of unbelief. Let me tell you something. There's a difference between doubt and unbelief, and I'm going to share it with you tonight. I want you to know that you can trust in the power of Jesus Christ, that you can trust in the name of Yeshua. You can trust that God sent his son on the earth to die for you and me, to give us eternal life, to bring us into right relationships with him. Can I get an amen? And let me tell you this. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. Let's go ahead on with the scriptures. It says this. In verse three, then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, Simon and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Did you hear that? They were deeply they were deep. They refused. They just refused. And that's what unbelief is. It means that you know it's God and you refuse it. You ain't going to accept it. You're just going to be hard here. And so this is what goes on. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored 
everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his people. And because of their unbelief, he could not do any miracles among them except to place his hand on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed. Let me tell you about this thing about doubt. Doubt is not the absence of faith. Doubt is the question of faith. Listen carefully. You can only doubt what you already believe. Let me give you an example. When a Christian doubts the existence of God, he fears God may not exist. He is doubting what he believes. When an atheist doubts, he fears that God may exist by definition. You have to believe something before you can doubt it. That's something Christians have doubt all the time. They have unanswered questions about what God is doing and why he's doing it or does not do what he is doing. This is normal. In Matthew 14, Peter walked on the water to Jesus. And after a few steps on the water, Peter began to sink. Then Peter cried out Jesus to save him from drowning. Then the Bible says Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Jesus says, why did you doubt me? Did you see? Peter had doubt. Doubt is different than unbelief. I just want to clarify this with some people today. So you know that just because you doubt don't mean that you don't believe. Here we go. Peter had faith, even though it was little and he had doubt at the same time. Doubt is not the absence of faith, but the question of faith. Later in Matthew 28, when Jesus ascended to heaven after his resurrection, we are told that the disciples, when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some of them doubted. It just really Jesus. They couldn't believe it, but they had faith. Understand this. They had questions. All of this did not make sense to them. They had faith, but that faith was mixed with some doubt. Doubt is not the absence of faith. I want you to understand this. Doubt is not the absence of faith. One of the original 12 disciples of Jesus earned the nickname Doubting Thomas because he did not believe the other disciples when they told him that Jesus had appeared to them in the upper room eight days uh, eight days later, Jesus reappears supernatural, walking through the walls. That, let me tell you something. Got a powerful God. Let me tell you something. You got to know that God is God. You got to know that God can do it, that God can do anything. Let me tell you something. We serve a mighty, powerful God. And I got to say, hallelujah. I got to say, I got something to tell you that we serve a powerful God. And I want to say this once more and once more again. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. And God loves you. You're not alone. And as we go here, though, it says this. Jesus reappears supernaturally in the room with the disciples again at this time Thomas is there Thomas reached out and touched Jesus and his doubt turned into more faith when presented with evidence the doubt the doubters faith would grow let me tell you something what I love about this story it says that Jesus says but those who have seen me and did not believe me he said great is their faith let me tell you something you people who believe in Jesus Christ, who haven't seen him, let me tell you something. You're walking in faith. You're not walking in doubt. You got to know what it is that God said is something peculiar about you. Jesus Christ says this in the book of John, that because you believe and haven't seen, boy, you are in store for such a ride with God. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? And we're going to go ahead and check this out. This brings us to unbelief. Unbelief is a determined refusal to believe Doubt is a struggle faced by the believer. Unbelief is a condition of the unbelief. Unbelief is an act of the will. It is a choice. Unbelief says, I hear what you're saying. 
and I choose not to believe it. I reject what you are saying altogether. That's what they did when he went back home the second time. They just reject him. Man, we ain't, we, we don't, we ain't buying it. And we ain't going to buy it. But they were wrong. Because guess what? Their assumptions, they knew that he was the Messiah. And they should have been crying out to him. And check this out. At one point, Paul was greatly affected by unbelief. Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ in my insolence. I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Paul is saying I did these things out of ignorance. I could not understand the truth and unbelief. I was deeply restrained to this. Did you hear that? That's what we're talking about. Then Mark goes on the next Sabbath. They, then he began in the synagogues. And men who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get this, all this wisdom and all this powers? They thought they did not attempt to kill him. Jesus on this occasion like they did when they tried to do it his first time. They tried to take Jesus out. Let me tell you something. These people were so jealous of Jesus that they wanted to take him out the first time he came because guess what? He was speaking just with authority. Understand this. In the gospel, when Jesus spoke, he spoke with authority. He spoke with power. Everything he said, things happened and things came to pass. Now check this out. The truth about unbelief, unbelief is determined to refuse to believe. This is why Jesus had to confront Paul on the road to Damascus the way he did. So, and Mark makes it very clear. And because of their unbelief, he could not do any miracles among them except to place his hand on a few sick people and heal them. This is not talking about doubt, little faith, or lack of faith. Jesus did not do many miracles there because of their determined refusal to believe him in spite of all the evidence for Jesus being the son of God, the Messiah, the deliverer, the one who was promised to come. Jesus decided not to do miracles there because of their unbelief. But all that said, I want to take a brief look at the events in Nazareth and pick up on a few more truths about Jesus. Number one, the number one unbelief, ignorance, the obvious. Mark says in verse, Jesus left the part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth's hometown. Let's stop there just for a moment. This is Jesus' second visit to Nazareth. Since he started his public ministry, the first time Nazareth, he spoke at the synagogues and declared that he was the Messiah and challenged the people regarding their unbelief. When Jesus was done teaching in Luke chapter 4 verse 28 when they had heard this the people in the synagogue was furious they jumped up they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built they intended to push him off the cliff but he passed right through the crowds and went on his way the last time Jesus was here in Nazareth he attended church delivered the message and when he was done the church folk decided they were going to kill him by pushing him off the cliff. How would you like to return to that church and preach another message? Well, because Jesus is full of grace and mercy. He decided to return one more time. I assume that they are allowing Jesus to teach because he is a hometown boy. 
This is where he was raised. His fame, his reputation had spread. They had heard of some of the miracles and teachings, so they gave him another opportunity to teach in their synagogue. See, they thought they were doing something, but they didn't know that that was Jesus Christ. That was the Messiah, that he was the anointed one. They didn't recognize that God was in that presence. My prayer is that you would recognize who Jesus Christ is, that you would surrender all your will to him, that you would trust God with your life and know that God is working things out for your good when you feel that he's not working things out for your good. Family, I just want to let you know that you're not alone. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. I want you to know that you can believe in Jesus Christ because he's a trustworthy God. Let me tell you something. They had unbelief, which they just refused to see him as the Messiah. Family, I just want to just, just wanted to talk to you a little while. I just wanted to share what the Lord had, had me speak on Sunday. And I'm just to close out in prayer. And I just want to thank you for listening to the podcast. I want to say have a blessed night. I'm praying for you, believing that God would do wonderful things for you. Bless your people, Father. Let's close out in prayer. Oh, precious Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I ask you to bless those who listen to the podcast, Father. I ask you to just to show up in their lives, and Father, and the people who don't listen, Father, show up for them in Jesus' name, Father. Bless your people all around the world, Father. Let them see your glory, your majesty. Let them see you be visible and be invisible. Let them see that you work in impossibilities, bringing in impossible possible. I love you, Father, and I know, Father, whatever's on their hearts and minds is on your hearts and minds. Father, bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a blessed night. I want to tell you, I'm out of here. I got to get up on out of here. I got things to do. I'll be glad. Can't wait to talk to you again. Bye-bye.